This is Exit Vlog, powered by BackSportsPage.com. Hello, fans of all ages. Welcome to back to Exit Velo, the 11th episode of the Exit Velo podcast. Ryan Morick here with you on BackSportsPage.com, along with Henry Winklehake. Very eventful day once again in the baseball world. More Astro stuff coming down hard. They attempted an apology at the press conference and. All they keep doing is just digging themselves a bigger and bigger hole. And, Henry, I feel like the fact that we're still talking about this and the fact that it's probably the biggest story in sports right now, it's obvious that the Astros are not doing anything right. And it's really amazing how we'll get into when it all started with all their PR disasters, but... The hole that they keep digging themselves into is well beyond six feet deep at this point. Absolutely. And I would argue that no matter how they handled it, it would still be a story at this point. But you're correct. They certainly have not done themselves any favors in making this go away. Uh, We'll dive into it deeper. But the response today, uh, just to sum it up before we dive in, it was, in a word, I'd say pathetic. What do you think, Ryan? You're right. I mean, it it was pathetic. They had what the story broke three three months to the day yesterday. It broke on November twelfth. We're recording this on February thirteenth right now. We're recording this at uh, on Thursday night, so we're releasing it later on tonight. But you, most of you guys are probably hearing this the following day. But nonetheless, they had three months to figure something out. And if you don't want to include all the time with the investigation, we'll call it just about a month or so. But nonetheless, they had time to figure some sort of solid statement out. And all that they could come up with is the owner talking for at least giving some sort of written apology, quote unquote, and then fielding some questions where we'll get into it later. But he feel like he wasn't even involved. Dusty Baker was up there, and he literally just got this new managerial job less than three weeks ago. So why he's up on the stage, I have no idea. And then Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve talked for maybe a minute combined. So the Astros once again swung and missed. And I'll rewind it all the way back to the World Series where, or scratch that, the ALCS. The Astros really came on the forefront when their former assistant general manager, Brandon Taubman, went up to a group of female reporters and pretty much screamed at the top of his lungs, thank effing God we got Roberto Osuna. And this was 15 minutes after he blew the save against the Yankees. DJ LeMay, who ties the game up with the home run. Obviously, Altuve walked it off with the two-run blast. But then the article comes out saying that Taubman did this And obviously it was a big deal because Roberto Osuna got suspended 75 games for a domestic violence incident. And the first thing that the Astros did was publicly deny this. And then eventually push came to shove. It found out that it all was true. So the Astros already frigged up there. And now you think that they would learn their lesson. They didn't. And then I just feel like... Uh, I know that we all want an apology, but the thing that pisses me off, Henry, is just the fact that it's so half-assed, it's so half-hearted, and I get the vibe that if they didn't get caught, they'd probably still be doing it. 
it's insane that a franchise that is so smart, so ahead of everybody else in technology analytics, that they couldn't come up with a better response with all that time you mentioned uh, ahead, going back three months, uh, call it a month even if you want. It's it's crazy that such a smart organization has handled this so so un oh my I'm gonna say unsmartly uh, but that's not a very smart way to say it <laughs> has handled this so poorly I'll leave it at that um, but it, it's just it's crazy that it's so insincere so half baked and what what are we talking a 12 minute press conference is is all they could come up with here and. It really, it just looked thrown together at the very last minute. Like, oh, we're, we don't really, obviously, they didn't want to apologize. It, it seemed very much forced that uh, we have to say something. So I guess we'll, we'll go up there, do the absolute bare minimum, and then maybe everybody will just forget about this. But uh, this clearly is not going away anytime soon. It's, it's going to be at the forefront of the baseball news cycle for what I, I expect to be the entire season. It probably will be. I mean, who's to say that they're not going to get into brawls and get hit by pitches and so on and so forth throughout the year? And where I think where they really dropped the ball, Henry, is I don't think that – I mean, Houston, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a small market, but it's no New York, it's no Los Angeles, it's no Chicago. I feel like the Astros were not prepared to have ESPN and the New York Post and L.A. media go to this press conference. I feel like they thought that they were going to get a soft blow from their own hometown media, which they have on social media. I saw some writers saying saying that it was all good and that Yankee fans and Dodger fans are just crybabies, so on and so forth. I thought that they were going to not feel like they were going to get a punch in the gut. They ultimately did, and they got a bad look throughout baseball. I don't know if that is a stretch at all, but I think that that's a big reason why they fumbled on this one. Yeah, I think really the whole thing is just arrogance, and you saw it back during the ALCS when A.J. Hinch just laughs off that these allegations, that, uh, saying that yeah, uh, they, they, possibly... they walk around – they walk around with that like their you-know-what doesn't stink. Exactly. And I think part of that comes from being such a successful organization in the last several years. They pull off one of the best rebuilds, arguably, in baseball history, certainly in the last couple decades. And then, you know, they, they're able to be so smart with their analytics, with doctoring the spin rates, with getting the most out of their players. And they've had such a successful product on the field to where they do seem like they feel like they're untouchable, that they didn't think, like you said, that they were going to get this much media coverage at an event today, which that's pretty arrogant in itself, that they should have a little bit of self-awareness, know how big of a deal this is, that everybody's been waiting to, to see what the response is from the Astros, that, you know, I don't know what we were expecting, certainly not this. I thought that it, it would be a little more sincere, but there, there's clearly very little remorse being felt in that clubhouse, in that organization. And I just thought it was, it was really weird. The, the big line that sticks out for me that, that everybody's jumping on is Jim Crane saying that he didn't think it impacted the game. Yeah, come on, dude. That's, that's ridiculous. Like, if it's not impacting the game, one, why do you do it in the first place? Two, why are you up there with your kind of half-fake apology? And 
it's it's just doesn't make any sense at all. He later backtracked that uh, backtracked that statement in the next question he was asked. Said I didn't say it didn't impact the game. So it was weird for uh, for an apology, if you can call it that. That seemed so scripted. Uh, that definitely seemed like a moment when when Crane may have gone off script. Scripted, or uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I wouldn't call it scripted. I would simply just call it that. He's up on that stage because he has to be. And I don't know what kind of repercussions that he or the team would face if they just didn't say anything. I feel like they thought that they were going to give themselves a good public relations look if they did apologize. But they – and you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here because as a Yankee fan, no matter what they say – I really feel like I'll never be satisfied. So I get so I get that they're in a very difficult spot, but you got to do something better than that. And I feel like the fact that he said that it doesn't impact the game, and then when Mother Rivera of ESPN really tested him on that, and then he started to stutter, and then he came up with, uh, I guess it could, but sometimes it couldn't. Well, you know what? Carlos Correa said that it did. And A.J. Hinch said that it did. And there's a reason why you kept doing it. It's because it did have an impact on the game. Guys' careers are getting ruined. You are getting sued by a former player. Players, I know Seth Lugo was very adamant in saying that he feels like his entire career changed. He wants to be a starter. His last, well, he's had a couple of starts here and there, mostly spot starts. But his last tryout... He's not a reliever on the Mets. He started the game in Houston, went five innings, pitched well, and then in the sixth inning, he went. He allowed a single, single walk. He allowed the first four guys on base, and then the Mets pretty much said, "Okay, that was your tryout. You're not going to start anymore." So they're ruining careers, and they flat out just don't care. They walk around like they think they they kind of did. But they walk around like they reinvented baseball. And I think what what Crane maybe was trying to get at there is that we can't say definitively that they wouldn't have won the World Series. We can't exactly quantify. Which he's right about. He is correct that that's – but that's not really what he said. You know, he he tried – I guess I got the sense he was trying to say that. But in a situation like this, you have to pick your words so carefully – and while maybe we can't say, you know, just how many home runs, how many hits that, that their actions added, we can de- we can say definitively that knowing what pitch is coming from the other team, that has an impact on the game. And it's arrogant and, frankly, a little bit insulting to the intelligence of the average baseball fan to, to sit there and say that. And this is where I give Carlos Correa and even A.J. Hinch some credit. Because A.J. Hinch had that really in-depth interview with Tom Verducci. I know that I wasn't very happy with his answer in regards to the buzzers that uh, they may or may not have used in 2019. He then since came out with a statement saying that he had no public knowledge. And while everyone on the team is saying we're going to reflect to the commissioner's report, we believe what the commissioner said about the buzzers. So all this time I'm thinking I'm going to call BS on that. But Carlos Correa grew a pair of balls, and he pretty much said, that's BS, that's a lie. And I'll, I'll let you touch on it because you and I were talking about the, what he was saying about Carlos Beltran too. But Carlos Correa, 
is really the only one in this organization who is pretty much admitting, yeah, we screwed up. We cheated. We knew it was working. That's why we kept on doing it. And I'm going to take this rap for, for the rest of my teammates. And I give Carlos Correa a, a lot of credit for what he did. When everyone and everything around him seems to be going wrong, he was the rare spotlight. The positive spotlight, I should say, in this turmoil. I agree. I really admire that he was able to, to stand up there and kind of break from the pack and given what seemed like an honest, heartfelt take on the matter. Uh, he, I, I don't like how Carlos Beltran has been thrown under the bus and very much made a scapegoat for the situation. Uh, there's the report coming out, uh, I believe, last week that's saying that this is pretty much all Beltran's doing, that he intimidated uh, Astros players into going along with his evil scheme. But, yeah, uh, Correa stands up today. He says that's BS, that, you know, they're grown men, that nobody forced them to do anything, that every player in that clubhouse knew what was going on and had an opportunity to stop it, and no one did enough, obviously. So, you know, I, I appreciate him starting to own up to that. I think that's what fans of the game need to get a little bit of closure on this and, and to be able to move on and have a little bit of faith restored in the game because all this dancing around and just dodging the facts that, that are out in the public now that everybody knows about, that's not getting them anywhere and that's not helping this go away and it's it's really just a bad look for the Astros but for the sport as a whole. You make a great point talking about closure. I feel like the baseball world is still talking about this and gets angrier as it goes. Punishments were handed out almost a month ago, and people are more upset now than when the story broke, than when the punishments were, were released. People are more upset now just because of how much everyone is dancing around all of the questions and that there is no closure. And you know what? I, I don't expect the Astros to say... Yeah, we use buzzers. I mean, if the commissioner said that they didn't use it, is anyone on that team really going to risk their career and say, yeah, we use them? So, like, uh, again, benefit of the doubt in, in that case. But the fact that they can't just say, we screwed up. And you know what? Who's You know who looks like a big hypocrite right now? Justin Verlander. When Absolutely. D. Gordon got busted for steroids, he didn't shut up. Now and then when and then when uh, I forgot who it was on it was either Detroit or Houston but someone on his team got suspended for steroids I think or or I can't remember off the top of my head if you could correct me please do but something happened with someone on his own team he stayed silent and then when all the sign stealing comes out he's staying silent so Justin Verlander has all the opinions in the world about everyone around him. But when it comes to his team, he's just beating around the bush. And again, I know that these guys are in a very, very tough spot. And I have no idea what I would do if I were in their position. But uh, just enough with with the PR-friendly crap. It's getting old, and you're doing nothing but just pissing more people off. Fans want closure. Fans want the truth. You know what? 
it will always bother me that I will never know what the Yankees could have done had the Astros not cheated in 2017. And it will always bother me, Aaron Boone said it best yesterday, buzzers in 2019 will be one of the game's great unknowns. It's always going to bother me as a Yankee fan. I'm sure it bothers the Yankees. But most importantly, it bothers everyone in baseball because we're not getting closure. Yeah, and I think a huge part of that is the punishments that were handed out. I mean, at least in my opinion, it doesn't seem like they were harsh enough. It feels like the Astros are getting off pretty easy here. Uh, You can't say that for Hinch and Luno, obviously, with the one-year suspension and then uh, being fired by the Astros afterwards. But no player punishments, and that that doesn't make sense to me, and that's a big reason why I'm still mad, why I'm still so interested in following this story is, I guess, a hope that maybe something will happen to hold the Astros accountable, but it doesn't really look like that's a prayer that's going to be answered at this point, Ryan. What you Surely you don't think the uh, the punishments were harsh enough, do you? At first, I was okay with giving the players immunity because I do think that it's kind of difficult to I mean, look at. I mean, I guess Garrett Cole is not the best example because he wasn't on the team in 2017. But you look at J.D. Davis and Jake Marisnik, both of whom were on the Astros in 2017. They're on the Mets now. Um, Marlon Gonzalez is on the Twins. Dallas Keuchel is on the White Sox. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head if anyone else from that 2017. I mean, Brian McCann went to went back to Atlanta. He ultimately retired. I think the more time goes on, the more that we hear that, the more that we hear all these crappy apologies from players. They know that they cheated and they know that they're guilty. So at this point, I want the players to be punished in some sort but then here's where I do side with the commissioner what do you do with a Jake Marisnik and a Dallas Keuchel and a Marlon Gonzalez and a J.D. Davis do you suspend them and hurt the teams that they're on now which is why at first I didn't agree with this but take the championship away I don't think that leaving the championship in there and having it be tarnished for how many generations? When we're when we have kids, Henry, and our kids ask us what happened in 2017, we're going to tell them what happened, but they're not going to understand. Our kids are not going to understand just how bad of a scandal this was. So, why not just vacate it? That's tricky too, and you you raise a great point about uh, punishing the players that are no longer in Houston. That makes it a lot more complicated, obviously. And that's where unfortunate. That's where it's unfortunate that it took so long for this to come to light. If it was the type of thing where you find out right away, and then it's 2018, even if players moved on, it makes a little more sense to to punish them, even if they're on a new team. I do think you still could do it at this point. That really would suck for the teams where they're they're now playing for. But I, you know, I just feel like the players are getting off completely without really anything and that worries me with uh disincentivizing future players from doing the same thing because that's Mm -hmm. that's another scary part about this is we really have no idea just how rampant this issue is i feel like there is this could just be the tip of the iceberg and i really hope it's not 
because I don't I don't want you know public faith in the game, my faith in the game to be to be shaken that deeply because it's bad enough as it is to know that we have an illegitimate champion. Uh, but if if this is more widespread and steroids and, and and people cheating and every time someone hits fifty home runs in a year, you always get the questions if you took steroids exactly. or not. So. No, you make a great point already. Baseball is already questioned every five minutes. So uh, I think getting rid of the championship is the best way to hurt everyone. You don't hurt teams that they're currently on. And at the same time, I understand that you're just leaving it empty. But the truth is we don't really know what would have happened. And we can't just rewind. We can't just get the old gangs back together. CC Sabathia retired. Carlos Beltran retired. Alex Cora isn't a coach anymore. He got fired. So it's not like we can just rewind back in time and see what would happen. It's not like we can just simulate these games and, and see what would have happened. At first, I just thought that – I remember when this conversation was first going on, Henry. I thought that vacating the title was just kind of weird because I remember talking about what the whole thing with Joe Paterno happened and the whole child molestation case up at Penn State. And I thought getting rid of the wins was kind of dumb, A, because they never cheated or anything like that. It was something that was, quote-unquote, off the football field. But the memories of everything are still there, and the games were still played. It's not like you're wiping away memory or anything, but... I'm going to compare this to performance-enhancing drugs. Look at a guy. I think Robinson Cano is probably the best example. He took PEDs. We're not really sure how long he took them for, but most people are pretty convinced that he took them for at least a couple of years with the Yankees. So what happened? Became one of the game's best players, got a 10-year, $240 million contract, and then what happens to him? Yeah, his legacy's tarnished. Yeah, he won't make the Hall of Fame. But you know what? I don't really think it cares about that. The fact that he just got $240 million guaranteed and, okay, maybe $15 million, no, $12 million of that's gone because of a suspension. You know what? He's still earning $228 million in his career. And look at Jose Altuve. He gets to keep his World Series ring. He gets to keep his Most Valuable Player award. He'll go down as an MVP and a champion and then on top of that, after the 2017 season, he signs a five-year, $150 million deal, fully guaranteed. So all of these guys, they don't regret anything. It paid yeah, off, they, literally, with the dollar sign and with the World Series championship. That well, they, they don't have keep. any reason to regret anything. Nothing's happened to them but good things from this. And, yeah, I mean, sure, there's the media backlash and that – probably is having uh, some effect on the players at least on their mentality entering the season by the way all the guys who spoke today for the Astros they just looked so tired so I guess defeated from this without really expressing a whole lot of remorse which is an interesting dynamic but Ryan I, I, I kind of struggle with having the title vacated I don't really know where I land on that and it's weird because I'm, I'm mad at the Astros I'm mad at the situation and I want them very – I very clearly want them to be punished. But I don't know. For whatever reason, taking the title away still just feels a little weird to me, probably because it's so unprecedented. And then 
like you said too, that's not erasing the history. It did still happen, and they, there's still all those positive consequences that the players are still reaping the benefits of. You know, the the extra contract money, the boosted reputation, endorsements, and the glory certainly of, of winning the World Series, which I guess that would be erased by a, a vacation. But I, I don't know where I land on that one. I think that I would be more in favor of a postseason ban for the Astros for this year. Love that. The, Love I guess the that. problem with that, though, is that that punishes players that had nothing to do with it, that weren't around. Also true. But, I mean, still, still the organization as a whole – that I feel like that wouldn't be an unfitting punishment per se. Yeah, you know what? There really is no right answer here. You're right. If you get a postseason ban, you're affecting. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I'm trying to think of Jordan anyone. Alvarez. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez, who had nothing to do with anything. There are guys who are on this team now that weren't on that team in 2017. And you know what? Where I think it goes back to, Henry, it goes back to your closure argument. I was totally fine with the, like, for 2017 was so friggin' fun for me to watch. And then I watched the Yankees lose game seven. And I was like, you know what? That season was so much fun. The Yankees are likable by all of baseball for once. That obviously didn't last long because they got to Carlos Stanton and became the evil empire again. But aside from the point, I was comfortable with the fact that I thought that I knew the Yankees lost to a better team that year. Same thing with 2018 and the Boston Red Sox. And same thing this past season. And now all of that is just gone. And you know what I want to go back to? I actually feel bad for A.J. Hinch because this has now been proven, Henry, to be pretty much a player-driven system. And A.J. Hinch, while he has admitted that he is wrong by not telling his team to stop, he wasn't a fan of what was going on to the point where he destroyed that TV monitor that the players were getting the signs from. Obviously, it was not enough. And he should have done more, and he has admitted that. Yeah, and I feel bad for Hinch, too, and I think that's a testament to the way that he has handled it, that he's said enough, he's shown enough remorse, and that's probably a product, too, of him being distanced from the situation now and not with the team. But I'm pretty much ready to forgive A.J. Hinch. I, I want him to have an opportunity to coach again, and I think that just that speaks to the PR that he's done, and that really is kind of painting a sharp contrast from – the organization as a whole right now yep he's done a great job with with the interview and he did a good job clearing up the, the buzzer statement that he had but what i really feel bad for him is he might never coach again in a player driven system and we have gone back and forth about why the players have not gotten any sort of punishment and it all goes back to that guaranteed contract that Altuve got, or if you take steroids and then you just cashed out on a nine-figure deal. A.J. Hinch, I mean, for I feel like it's so easy for us to sit here and just say, oh, we obviously would have put a stop to it. We obviously would never cheat the game. We obviously would play fair and square. But you know what? If you're in that situation and you hear this trash-banging, the trash can banging, excuse me, and it leads to a 450-foot home run, and you're winning 100-plus games in the season, 
Are you really going to have the balls to say no? Especially, too, if there is a sense that this is happening around the league, that we're not the only team stealing signs and we're just trying to stay competitive with the other cheating that's going on around the league. Yeah, I think that's a lot of, of uh, paranoia that might have played into this as well. Kind of the the arms race where you've seen the Astros go to such lengths to have advantages with their analytics, with their technology, with the way that they're developing their pitchers, developing uh, the organization as a whole to where, you know, they felt like they had no choice but to do this. And, I mean, certainly that speaks to thinking that it impacted the game. So there, there's another disconnect between Crane's comments. But it's it's really just... It's disheartening to see, in a word, and the response has been even more so. Notice how Jim Crane said that they broke the rules, but he wouldn't go on to say that he was cheating. I feel like he feels that they didn't really do anything wrong. And I think this is a problem with baseball, because he's probably trying to say that other teams are gaining some sort of a competitive edge. And I feel like Jim Crane feels like his team found a better way to do it. And this is what I'm going to call BS on Jim Crane. I mean, you're the owner. You don't know what's going on. Come on now. I don't buy that for a second. And, of course, he's going to say, well, the report didn't say – the report said that I wasn't involved. Good save there, Jim. Seriously. How about the parts of the report that you didn't agree with? So you can't be so – I, got, I like to use the term half pregnant. You can't be half pregnant here. You can't like some things that are in the report and then not like some things that are, that are in the report. Like, Have you ever watched like the Maury show where Steve Wilkos and they take these lie detector tests and then, oh, the, they like the part that said that they were telling the truth. But the part that said that they were telling a lie, those are the parts that they don't like. So Jim Crane is, is trying to just weasel his way out of this. It's not going to flow by me. Jim Crane, you are the father. <laughs> and, you know, you make a good point, too, Ryan, that I hated how he was leaning on that commissioner report so heavily. Hey, man, we know team. what the commissioner report says. We know what, what is in the report. We know what the allegations are, all the facts that are out there already. That's the frustrating part. We didn't learn anything new from this press conference. There's absolutely zero new information put on the table. And we wanted to hear that. We wanted to hear what you know as the owner of this team because, like you said, we're not buying it that, that you had no idea this was going on, that, you know, that this wasn't at all from uh, the front office. I mean, I'm sure that it very well the players had every, every involvement in this, that it was a player-driven movement. But, I mean, you still, you're in that dugout. You have coaches in that dugout. You're around the team every single day. If some random dude on Twitter can go and track 8,000-something pitches and record how many of them have a trash can banging, I would certainly hope the owner of the team knows this is going on as well. And, you know, they just continue to dance around it, and Crane has no no uh, willingness to, to own up to this. And, you know, he's talking about, like you said, that yeah, the people responsible, Beltron and Hinch, whatever, they got fired. And he's saying that because... He knows that he would be the next person to blame, that it's his team, that he hired those people, and this really all falls back on him. And remember the days when he fired Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch, and everyone was giving him a ton of credit for going above and beyond MLB's commissioner report? Those were fun times, right? 
those that those were certainly different days. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but before we wrap up, one more thing that I want to mention about players and potential punishments. So many people are using the excuse about the players' union and how you're affecting other players. Henry, I don't think these players care about the union in this case. So many of them feel cheated. Freddie Freeman was bawling his eyes out at the Atlanta Braves Fan Fest talking about it because he knows that it ruins careers. Marcus Stroman, I mean, he does this all the time anyway, but this was one of his million Twitter rants. Seth Lugo, like I mentioned before, feels that he got cheated. CeCe Sabathia, Masahiro Tanaka, Aroldis Chapman all just said over the last couple of weeks that they feel like they have been cheated out of a World Series appearance. And I haven't even talked about the L.A. Dodgers, who actually lost to the team in the World Series. I'm sure that they feel a hell of a lot differently than the New York Yankees do. So Not to mention going on to lose to Alex Cora the next year with the Red Sox. Exactly. And we're going to get an answer on that very soon very soon like like within the next couple of days they, I know that they've been saying that for a little while now but it's going to come but the fact of the matter is I understand that the players union is a thing and they kind of fight for each other but they fight for each other when something is unfair to everyone equally a lot of these guys feel that they got cheated they did it's time to grow up and, and and do something and stop using the players' union as an excuse. Yeah, I don't really get that argument at all, which, yeah, the players' union is about sticking together and doing what's right for, for the majority, you know, for the players. And this certainly was not good for the guys whose careers were impacted by this, for Clayton Kershaw, who may be branded for – the rest of uh, rest of his career and the years after as a choke artist for you know the for having the a bad start in Houston. Yeah, the guy from the Blue Jays who's who's suing them for uh, for having his career basically ended for getting blown up by the Astros. That I mean, where do where does those guys where do they factor in in the players' union argument? Because this is something that the Astros were doing and the rest of the league were the victims. So there's there's no kind of common front unity there to, to get behind. So I, I, I really don't get that one right. And, and who knows? I mean, uh, another player, Luis Severino, he thought that he was tipping pitches to the point where he was staring at himself in a mirror for hours, going through all of his windups and literally making up signals in his head. He was getting to the point where he was self-conscious about about his own windup. And you mentioned Clayton Kershaw. I understand that Kershaw isn't the best postseason performer of all time, but what if he goes to Houston and if they're not banging on trash cans, he has a decent start. Maybe that could change everything. Exactly, that could have changed everything. Chris Archer said that he got FaceTimed from someone on the Astros and they told him that he was tipping pitches. He wasn't tipping anything. They were banging on a trash can. These Astros players cheated the entire league and they really walk around like like they're gods and it, and I'm re- and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It's time for Rob Manfred and uh, it might be a bad look for him to go back on his original word, but you know what? I don't care. 
I don't care if you have to go back on your original word. Do what's right. Yeah, I agree, Ryan. I certainly wouldn't be upset to see Manfred change course on this one. I mean, you gotta have a little bit of a finger on the pulse as far as public opinion goes, and he's very much got to feel like he's got that one wrong at this point. And it's it's just I don't expect anything to change as far as more harsh punishments for the Astros until or unless we get new information. I guess maybe, however, the, the Red Sox are handled. That could have an impact on the Astros and how that situation is viewed. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath at this point. I'm, I'm just hoping that the baseball gods can, can find a way to balance this out and maybe uh, enforce their own postseason ban for the Astros this year. I think that you know baseball fans as a whole would just love to see Houston at home watching in October. This is where the players' union could get a little bit dicey. What if the punishments for the Red Sox, what if they do wind up punishing some of the players? And what if Alex Cora gets a two- or three-year ban or whatever, and A.J. Hinch only got one year? So, I mean, not that they're players, but you get the point. Well, that's the problem, Ryan. I don't think you can punish the players after all the Astros guys get yep. off free. That I mean, how do you go turn around and punish the Red Sox? Especially when, at least at this point, the perception is that the Astros were worse. Yeah, exactly. This wasn't our first podcast about the Astros. It's certainly not going to be the last, especially after the debacle that happened earlier on today at their spring training facility in West Palm Beach. So everyone stay tuned to Exit Velo. We're going to pump out a lot more content for you. We brought down the AL East a couple of days ago. We still got five more divisions to go. We have, quite frankly, have no idea when we're going to get to those because we're still going to be talking about the Astros and the Red Sox punishments are going to be coming down any day now. But it is not goodbye. It is see you later. So long and take care, everybody.